Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile Essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. 191 Orlando beats the Bulls. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. Uh, broadcasting live from the Score Hyundai Studios. Brought to you by your local Hyundai dealers. Yes. Bulls lose again, man. Now 11th in the NBA, 26-31, 15 games out from first. And they're just, you look at the teams that are in front of them, it's Washington. Washington doesn't even care. Like, you're behind teams that don't care. Brooklyn, they don't even know what they have right now. And so whether or not they'll stay afloat in, in the playoffs remains to be seen. But <sighs> Toronto... Young team, talented. Atlanta, got DeJounte Murray, got Sadiq Bey from, from the Pistons. New York, they got better. Josh Hart just put up 27 points the other day. Like None of the teams that are above the Bulls right now are, are se- seemingly seem to be fading, except for the Chicago Bulls. Five games under five hundred after being one below it just a couple of days ago. Then the Bulls lose four straight, and it was a, man, it was a bad game. So bad. Oh, my gosh. But we get to hear from Casey Johnson, as I mentioned before. And first, I want to play, the, before we get to what he thinks about what's going to happen in the offseason, I want to play the clip where he said he talked to Zach Levine after the Cavs game the other day. Just that Zach was open and appreciative of the uh, the opportunity to get some stuff off his chest. I mean, I feel like Zach sometimes feels like, this is my read, uh, but we talked about it you know, before the tape recorder started rolling. I, I sometimes feel like Zach, kind of has a bullseye on him and um you know he kind of my my question and it was in the interview was do you feel like you received the proper amount or an inordinate amount of blame for the team is because I feel like I feel like Zach is a very polarizing player still I recognize um he's had an inconsistent season I recognize he's had some high profile turnovers of late which I've uh, which I also asked him about in the interview but I do. I sometimes feel like you know there, there's this perception like if you uh, from Bulls fans like get rid of Zach, get rid of Zach. It's like if you if you get rid of that guy, the first thing you're doing is trying to find a guy to replace him like that. I mean, he's a pretty sublime scorer. Um, so that that's what stood out to me was just uh, he was very ready for the uh, the sit down. <laughs> and I love that because I love what Casey says at the very end. Right, if you get rid of a Zach Levine, you're going to try to find another Zach Levine. I think the issue is, 
And I love that he kind of sort of pointed it out. Like, do you feel like, you know, you're the target and you're getting the right amount of blame or an unfair amount? And when you're when you're looking at Zach Levine and what his role is, right? Max player for the Chicago Bulls. But there's this veteran that's next to him that everyone is in love with because they think that he's the real man. And you might you might have been there before in a job you've had. You get the promotion. You're supposed to be, let's say, like the manager. But a veteran guy, right? Someone that's been there for 20 years. You've been there five. You've been an excellent employee for five years. And you get the managerial position. But the veteran, the guy that's been there 15, but doesn't want the responsibilities of being the manager, but everyone looks to him for, like, all the answers. It's off-putting. You don't want to be in that situation. I'm the man. Let everybody know I'm the man. What else do we have to do here? Why do people keep talking to this guy about problems and issues and they want him to solve everything? I feel slighted. Have you not been in that situation before? I, th- I had to talk about the producers here. I said, man, why, 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 am, why am I the only show that's not getting podcasted? I'll be honest. I'm transparent with you guys. I'll tell you guys all the time. I'll keep it real. I literally was, I was like, hey, we had the big promo in the beginning. It's the whole score lineup. I'm the night. I'm the new night guy. And what? I just don't get podcasted? My show's not worthy? Right? So I, I want to feel like I'm a part of this team. So I, but sometimes people feel like that. I feel like that's how Zach feels. Where Zach's like, am I the man or not? Because you guys are treating me like I'm not. You're, there were so many possessions in the last game where Zach got the ball with like seven seconds left. And he takes a horrible shot, right? But they get highlighted and magnified. But he had the ball with seven seconds left. Give him the ball at the beginning of the possession and let him do his thing. We've seen how good Zach Levine can be. We've seen how dynamic Zach Levine can be. But you have to create the environment to allow that to happen and prosper at a high level. And it's hard. It's hard for Zach to be the man. You've heard Adam Amin and Stacey King talk about it during the games. That sometimes it's frustrating. It is tough. Like, am, am I the man right now? Like, sometimes, oh, no, no, it wasn't. It wasn't Adam Amin and Stacey King. I'm sorry. It was uh, Van Gundy on a national game the other day where he said, sometimes Zach prefers to play without a DeMar because he doesn't have to be constantly conscious of him. And I think that happens, and that sucks. That's a detriment to his game. Zach just wants to do his thing. And listen, I get it. He's shooting 46% from the field. Where DeMar and Vooch are hitting at a crazy rate of 50 and 52% respectively. And it gets highlighted. It gets highlighted when you're two for seven. And you're averaging 37% from the three-point line. It gets highlighted. Like, and people feel a certain type of way about him. Oh, Zach's not getting any rebounds and assists. He's not stealing the ball. He averages a steal a game. Got four assists a game. Almost five rebounds a game. Like, he's out there playing. But he's not playing to the best of his ability. There is, there is a limiter. I don't know my scooter drivers out there. There is a limiter on his game right now. Zach cannot go above the speed limit. He does it in, in, in spurts, you know, because on your scooter you can get to the 40 miles per hour, but rarely do you get to go over. And that's where I feel like Zach Levine, Levine is at right now. And I never want people to get injured or anything like that, but if DeMar's hurt, go ahead, Papa, sit down. Let's see what the team looks like without you. Because according to Casey Johnson, 
I think and everybody agrees with this statement anyway. Like, come this offseason, you have to expect some sort of change. Well, I mean, you heard it from Arturis himself. I mean, he's going to use these last, uh, at the time, 28 games, now it's 26 games to evaluate. And certainly the attention, um, you know, around those of us who cover the beat is that changes come in this offseason. I mean, it was pretty clear with him, you know, saying that they were in buy mode that he understands this roster is not working. Um, and so uh, it's going to need some uh, changes this offseason. You don't know Lonzo Ball's status, you know, moving forward, shockingly, for next season. You'd like to think he's back, but, I mean, every time we say we think he's going to be back, he's not back. So, um, you know, the, this is the, the speculation from those of us who cover the team is that at some point, even though it wasn't signaled this way leading up to the deadline, he may have uh, Arturis may have to recognize that the big three, if if it's not an outright uh, failure of an experiment, it certainly might have a ceiling, right? And so, you know, the biggest return you can get is to pivot off one of those three guys. It's not going to be Vucevic anymore because he's going to be an unrestricted free agent on July first, and Arturis at least publicly has said they want to resign him. So then your attention immediately goes to the other two guys, which are Zach and, and Demar. Now, this is not anything we're reporting. This is just, you know, our tea leaf reading of the beat. So um, that's where my attention is going to be this offseason, um, you know, especially with DeMar being extension eligible. That adds another L, uh, layer to this equation. You don't have to extend him. He's signed through next season, but he is extension eligible. So my, I think the general sense uh, around the beat is that, and this is certainly the way I read Arturis's press conference in Brooklyn is that at some point this offseason you can expect some change. And I want to be very clear when Casey talks about that was Casey Johnson by the way when, when he talks about the Bulls and, and changes coming in the offseason and whether or not the big three I love the fact that he said not that the big three was a, or maybe not be a failure but they have a ceiling. And I think that's something to, to really think about if you're a Bulls fan and you're coming down on this squad the big three was not a failure. Let's be very clear. Arturis came here with one thing in mind, and that was make the Bulls relevant again. The Bulls have been in the playoffs one time since 2015. First, first round exit. One time, and they were 500 that year, 41 and 41. So he comes in, adds Vooch, gets DeMar. Obviously, Lonzo's not playing, but it gets them, and he gets them – Back to relevancy. They're in the playoffs again. That is not a failure by any means. Failure would be the inability to make the playoffs with these people. Like what's about to happen right now. But obviously they didn't have their, they didn't have their identity or didn't know their direction. The assumption was that Lonzo was going to come back to save the team or something or, the, or continuity would be the savior for the Chicago Bulls. So, yes, Casey, I agree with you. There is a ceiling on this team. So what does that look like? You have to move the pieces around. I like AK. I I think Vooch is a is a, is, a, is a member of the the team moving forward, and I think he should be. It's going to be hard to replace somebody like that. Just good, just a good basketball player. And then you keep Zach, and I just think you you, you move on from Demar. Zach and Vooch move on from Demar. I think that's where you want to be, and it's frustrating. It is extremely frustrating as a Bulls fan to watch these kinds of things. But I think the most frustrating part is just the effort. It's one thing to be a bad team. The reason why you're losing to a lot of these younger squads is because they have effort for 
every second of the game. And the Bulls lack that. The energy, the desire, the will. That's why Dalen Terry came in yesterday and just put a bunch of minutes up because he was just giving the most effort. Just effort. What, what do we love about Javante Green? What do we love about Alex Caruso? What do we love about Joe Kim Noah, Dennis Rodman? People that have been on this Bulls team. Cliff the Lift Levingston. What do we love about these players? They give maximum effort. That's the Chicago way. Fill in the blank with the sport. If you are a hard-nosed football player, we love you. If you are a grinder on the baseball field, on baseball diamond, we love you. And the same thing goes when you're playing at the United Center. Heart and hustle. We want to see it. So we, as Bulls fans, share the mindset of former Chicago Bull, Will Purdue, when he talks about his feelings towards this team's effort. The thing that really bothers me most about this game, the one thing that maybe it doesn't change the outcome of the game, but can change of the expect, what our expectations are or how we look at it, is if you just had, in my opinion, better effort. Where, I, I mean, how many, how many lead changes were there? I do not have that in front of me. Not, not very many. Not enough. Yeah. But, I mean, pretty much from my numbers is, I mean, Orlando was leading after every quarter, right? They were, mm. they lead it, they were up four at the first, five at the half, I think five at the third. Yeah. I stopped writing down stuff after that point. Don't worry, we all did. <laughs> You are disappointed with the effort, and there's a reason for that. Bulls were up 10-9 in the first quarter. That was the last time they had the lead. It's frustrating. Frustrating game to watch. Frustrating. I asked my dad. My, the reason I love the Bulls so much, like they, I, I, love the, I love basketball more than any other sport. I know I, I cover the Bears for Fox 32. Bears Unleashed. Bears Post Game. I do that. Yes. Southsiders podcast. Loved talking about the White Sox. But Bulls, my number one. My dad and I used to watch every single Bulls game. I just, growing up, you would just be eating your dinner, sitting in front of the TV, watching the Bulls. Every single game. He's the reason why I love the Bulls so much. He was at my house for the Super Bowl, and I was like, Pops, did you watch the game on Saturday versus Cleveland? He's like, I can't watch the Bulls. They're too frustrating. (laughs) I'm like, what? Now that it's my job? Like, we're not watching the Bulls? But it, he, he's right. They're frustrating. Text it in right now. 312-644-6767. Who's more frustrating, the Bulls or the White Sox? If you're a fan of either of the teams. Or maybe if you're just a casual, even if you're a Cubs fan, you could text in. You know what the Sox are doing on the soft side. And you know what the Bulls are doing in West Town. 312-644-6767. Text in. Who's more frustrating, White Sox or the Bulls, and then we'll get a chance to continue this conversation, not only about the Chicago Bulls themselves, but the entire NBA. Howard Beck from Sports Illustrated, he's the senior writer over there, also the co-host of the Crossover Podcast. He is going to be joining us after the break. What does he think about this Chicago Bulls team? Is it a failure, or have they just reached their ceiling? We'll discuss next. It's Gabe Ramirez right here on 670 The Score. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. 
Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage, to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24-7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast t-mobile has invested billions to light up america's largest 5g network from big cities to small towns including right here in yours and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. We're back live with more Gabe Ramirez on 670 The Score. Leading you right into deep ball basketball. Tip-off 7.45. Our pregame starts at 7.45. Zach Zayman, Dave Corzine. Got the call for you. It's Gabe Ramirez here on 670 The Score. And we get to continue the conversation about something that's near and dear to my heart. It's not only the Chicago Bulls, but the NBA. And to do that, joining us right now on the Circa Resort and Casino Hotline. Circa Resort and Casino in Las Vegas, home of the world's largest sports book. He is the senior writer for Sports Illustrated, also the co-host of the Crossover Pod. Uh, of course, I'm talking about none other than Howard Beck. Howard, good evening. Thanks for joining the show. Hey, good evening, Gabe. How are you? I'm hanging out, man. Uh, so, first and foremost, I mean, gosh, I got so many questions for you because I know you've been covering the league for such a long time, and I know I know, I know you love the NBA the way that I do. So, before I even dive into Kevin Durant and that whole conversation, um, I, I want to ask you, do you think that Russell Westbrook can make the Chicago Bulls a better team? Oh man, that is a that is a really tough one. Um, I look the outline of, of Westbrook's last few years does not speak to a, a player who's still making a positive impact, right? I know he had a, a good run with Washington, but the guy has been traded now, you know, three what three times? A hundred, Howard, a hundred times, a hundred <laughs> times, it, a lot of times, a lot of times. He, he's going to be on his, you know, wherever he signs with. He hasn't even been bought out yet, by the way. But when he uh, presumably gets bought out, his next team will be, I think, is like fourth in four years. Mm. It, you know, 
there is the abstract of, of Russell Westbrook. There is the Hall of Famer, the uh, you know modern day triple double machine who you know electrified the league, who went to a finals at a very young age with with Durant and Harden, who you know made a conference finals where they were up three one while alongside Kevin Durant. But the guy we've seen ever since Kevin Durant left has not been as impactful. I mean, you know, even going back to Oklahoma, you know, he's still putting up numbers, but it wasn't resulting in the Thunder being able to win even a single playoff series. And then he goes to Houston and then Washington and then the Lakers. And at every stop, he's become a little less effective, uh, a little less efficient, and sometimes you know, a lot less efficient. <laughs> has not reeled in his shot selection at all and still doesn't play defense, still can't shoot and is a guy who at his, in his prime, you know, was a really effective in part because of just his sheer athleticism and burst. And the history of this league is that if you're a guard who dominates through athleticism and quickness, that when that stuff fades, your, your game goes quickly. And Westbrook's in his mid-30s now. So can he still put up numbers? Sure. But he needs a lot of possessions to do it, and that means it's, it, it kind of stagnates the rest of your offense. Um, he can't play off the ball because he can't shoot. So he's a tough fit with anybody else who needs the ball in their hands, and the Bulls have two of them. So, no, I, I, I'm, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm going to be a, a, a skeptic here. I'm, a, I'm skeptical of what Westbrook can bring to a team at this stage of his career, and I'm skeptical that he's the answer to whatever is ailing the Bulls. Yeah, and that's actually, you know, where we're going next. You know, because when I think about it, uh, Howard, I say to myself, okay, well, maybe they could have a guy that could push the pace, that could ride alongside Zach Levine. I mean, obviously, whatever they have in the present form, the Chicago Bulls, isn't working particularly well. So any sort of, you know, wrench in the system can kind of create some sort of joke. But you're absolutely right. I mean, you got two guys that are ball dominant in DeMar and Zach. And to try to throw another guy like Russ in that space, especially, you know, he's already taken on a six-man role in, in L.A. And it still didn't work out there. But I was just hoping in my heart of hearts, in my homer heart, Howard, to be very honest, I was hoping that he could, you know, just come to the squad and just just give him some sort of life. Because, you know, the conversation now in Chicago, Howard, is, that is this big three that Arturis Karnasovic has, has put together, has it been a failure or, do, or have they just reached their ceiling? Um, I mean, it's kind of both, you know. I mean, the failure is that their ceiling was so low to begin with. Ah, That's, yes. So when, when, the, when they made those moves in the first place, it was clear that this was a very much a short-term win now, become relevant now, Let's get out of this rut we've been in. We need to we need to end this you know playoff drought. Let's just be relevant again, you know. And but they the, the very nature of what they did, getting Vooch, getting DeRozan, it, it was it was all low ceiling stuff because you got guys who were mid to late career with no upside left, um, whose limitations were clear, and whose window wasn't going to be very long or very big, and so it. it it was always going to be this way. Um, it was a short-term um, play for, for just some kind of relief, you know, relief from being irrelevant. And, okay, congratulations. You know, you, you, you played respectably for a while there. You made the playoffs. No, I mean, <laughs> right. listen, yeah. I, one thing we all need to keep in mind as basketball writers and basketball fans is that there are other pressures on a franchise that are beyond just the, you know, methodical 
construction of a roster that can win, you know, and win at a high level for multiple years. Like there are pressures to sell tickets and pressures to, to be relevant and to compete with the other pro sports in a sports crazed town like Chicago. And so everybody's got these other things they got to deal with on some level. And, and often it's the owner who's saying, listen, I don't care what it takes. Get us back in the playoffs. And, you know, I've seen other franchises go through similar, um, you know, time periods like this where the pressure to just show something was so immense that they made short-term, ultimately foolish moves. And I don't, you know, even at the moment that they made the Vooch trade, I don't think too many people around the league thought that was um, a great deal for Chicago, given what they were giving up in terms of young players and picks and, yeah, you know that I think that's certainly all coming back to haunt them. He's Howard Beck, senior writer at Sports Illustrated, also a co-host of the Crossover Podcast, hanging out with us here on Six Seventy The Score. I'm Gabe Ramirez. You bring up a great point. I mean, it, it is relevancy in the present, right? And I think the Bulls dealt with that, you know, some years back when they brought in like D Wade and Rajon Rondo just to kind of put some butts in the seats because they didn't want to, you know, fall off a cliff. But I'm curious as to your thoughts, like, let's say this offseason, you know, there's talks of, you know, there being changes and obviously them needing to head in a different direction after doing what you said was bringing the Bulls back to relevancy, which I agree with. But is there going to be like some sort of, do you think there will be like some sort of fall off or do you think that the, the opportunity to write the ship still exists? Well, you know, look, like a lot of people, and again, I, I will always caveat this right off the bat, easy for me to say, but... <laughs> They should have been sellers last week. Mm. They, they should have been saying, you know what? We've reached our ceiling. There's, we're not going anywhere further with this group as constructed. Um, we got our nice little momentary burst out of it, and now it's time to pivot and start looking toward the future. They, you know, they could have you know, traded Vooch, traded DeRozan, traded Levine, you know, any, any combination of them or all three of them, and gotten assets back, gotten picks, gotten young players. And maybe they tried. Maybe they just didn't find anything that they thought was truly going to set them up for the future, but doing nothing um, to to my eye looks like a you know a, a concession. It, it's it's or it's it's a it's a doubling down on a, a group that has already shown it is incapable of doing much more than it's already done. So I don't know where you go from here. Now maybe they revisit it in the off season, and maybe they do trade out uh, some of those players for younger younger players and picks and find a way to, to retool on the fly or, or tear it down, whatever it may be. But, um, you know, sometimes you have players that are really valuable, you know, in, individually to teams that are better set up than they are as a collection under your roof. And that's what we have here. All of those guys would be very valuable to another team, but together they're not going anywhere. Yeah, and that's one of the hardest things for a GM to do, right? Face reality, as he should have a couple of weeks ago. And just said to themselves, hey, all right, we're blowing this thing up. It's, it's tough to do. But you also mentioned that the possibility exists that he just didn't like what he was getting in return and he decided to just, you know, roll with what he had and be one of the two teams that, that didn't make a move uh, during the trade deadline. Uh, we're talking to Howard Beck here on 670 The Score, a team that did make some big moves. Obviously, the Brooklyn Nets moving Kyrie and KD. Initial thoughts when you saw, you know, the headline pop up that KD was going to Phoenix. So I live in Brooklyn. Um, that's a team that I, you know, see quite a bit in my backyard. And, you know, look, I was, I was asleep when the Kevin Durant trade happened. <laughs> like, 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 like most normal human beings on the East Coast, I was asleep at one in the morning or two or whatever that happened. I woke up to those alerts. And, um, you know, there's a, like 30% of me was 
shocked, and the other 70% was like, yeah, of course, nat- naturally this is where this goes. Um, the part that was shocked was that all indications when they traded Kyrie Irving were they were trying to keep winning now, which from everything we've learned since was in fact the case. At the moment they traded Kyrie Irving, they went for players who could help Kevin Durant in getting Dorian Finney-Smith and Spencer Dinwiddie. That was the package they opted for because they wanted to still compete. Once it became clear that Kevin Durant didn't want to stay, then they obviously put you know everything into, into gear to try to move him. Um, you know, it's all... One of the reasons I didn't think they'd both be traded this week was, or last week was, it's really hard to make blockbuster deals and to make two in a span of of a couple of days is a lot of work. But you had a really motivated buyer in Phoenix with a new owner who had literally just taken over the team hours before and wanted to make a big splash and wasn't afraid of the luxury tax hit and wasn't afraid of, of the risks of trading all of their picks and two of their better players um, and so the boldness on the sun side and the, obviously the, the eagerness on the, on the net side, having been through all of the stuff they've been through with Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving over the last few years, the chance to just start fresh, uh, start new and rebuild this again. Sean Marks has already done it pretty well once. And he got a, an incredible package back for Kevin Durant, considering the duress that they were under. And, you know, so, you know, g- good job by the nets. Um, I don't know what's next for them, but they've got a lot of really good, really interesting players and a ton of picks, none of their own because all of theirs are owned by Houston, but they've got Philly picks. They've got all these Suns picks now, um, and a couple others mixed in there somewhere. They're very well positioned to, you know, you know, turn this thing around quickly. In the meantime, I think they're going to be very competitive with the group they have. I agree. I think he did a, he did a great job. I mean, I'm a huge Mikael Bridges fan. I think, He's a bull killer, as in he, he just always plays well at extremely high level. Cam Johnson, you, you know what you're getting there. And then, you know, Dinwiddie, he's, he's going to rekindle some flames that he had over there in Brooklyn a couple years ago. I think they have a competitive team. I mean, that obviously they just beat the Bulls the other day, uh, even without those two guys that I just mentioned. Uh, but, but I think they did do a really good job of retooling the squad with some hungry people that were out there, especially the Suns. I mean, they're so close in years past, and now they're just like, hey, man, whatever. We'll do whatever we need to do in order to get to the promised land. And and it, that actually leads me in this direction. I mean, Howard, you've been covering the NBA for 25 years, and you look at a guy like Kevin Durant. You mentioned, you know, you live there. They're in your backyard. I mean, when you think of KD, I mean, extremely talented, somewhat polarizing. But what are your thoughts on him and, like, the great, the great landscape of, of the top players in the NBA? Kevin Durant is – I mean, in all the years I've been covering this league, uh, Kevin Durant is one of the most incredible players I've seen. Um, he is, as, as my buddy Zach Lodius Pian often says, kind of a plug-and-play superstar, which is not often the case. You know, normally you have a superstar with that kind of talent. You have to build specifically around them and cater to their needs. In Kevin Durant's case, you know, his skill set is such that, you know, you can play him in all these different positions, and he's – he can, you know, dominate with his hands on the ball. He can play off the ball. Um, he can score from everywhere. He, he, it's, it's, it's not like, you know, like every other star, he's got a certain, you know, a little bit of ego there, right? And in certain needs about, you know, how much he's going to have the ball in his hands or whatever, but it never feels that way. He feels like a seamless fit. I mean, who else of his, Thatcher could have gone to the Warriors, a team that already won a championship, that already had an MVP, a two-time MVP in, in Steph Curry, 
and credit to Curry too, of course, for having you know welcomed him to his team. But that those two could play to, with each other as easily and as effectively as they did for the time they were together, you know, I, I think just says it all. So I mean, Durant's just so impressive. The Suns are going to be great with him, you know, health willing, and that's a big if for them. Chris Paul's always hurt; he's up there in years. Durant has obviously you know can't stay healthy the last few years. He always misses about a third of the season, but. If they can stay healthy, take care of some of their depth issues that that have been created by the trade, you know, the Suns should be, you know, I'm not calling them the favorite in the West, but they are now among the favorites in the West. And, you know, a week ago they were not. All right, so that's my last question because that's what I was going to ask you. Who do you have have as the favorite, not only just in the West, uh, but just in the NBA as a whole team that you feel like, hey, this team got it all together and they should be hoisting the trophy uh, come June or early July? The funny thing is that after all is said and done and after all the activity last week, I don't think it actually changed the answer to that question because it's still the Boston Celtics. I think Mm -hmm. Boston and Milwaukee, who are playing as we speak, those are the two teams that I think were the the, the favorites before the trade deadline. They're still the favorites now. Um, I don't know who's coming out of the West. And I don't know who's coming out of the East either, to be honest. But but I I think Boston and Milwaukee – are the clear favorite teams, or they're the clear best teams in the in the East and in the NBA period? Um, I think Philly's got a chance in the East, and then in the West, you know, it, it might be Denver, might be Phoenix. I haven't ruled out the Clippers. You know, they, mm. they've you know kind of found themselves recently. Now that they're 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 pretty healthy. They had a good trade deadline, got a lot of, of useful pieces back. I'm still not counting out the Warriors, by the way. Like I, you know, it, it, it may be my Bay Area roots coming through, but. Um, and it's also just, you know, you, if you watch the Warriors do what they've done over the last seven, eight years, it's hard to ever write them off. With Steph health, healthy, um, you know, assuming they get Gary Payton the second healthy sometime in the next month or two, uh, whoever they might pick up off the buyout market. I just think that, you know, the, the identity of a championship team is still lurking there. They've had a weird season. And it's a weird year in the West where, you know, whichever team kind of just catches fire in April – might you know might make the deepest run um so there's a lot of different ways that could go in the west i think we both agree that april 15th is going to be a lot of fun when these playoffs start uh howard thanks so much for hanging out with me for the first time man i really appreciate it i look forward to talking to you again soon my pleasure thanks for having me of course howard beck senior writer for sports illustrated also the co-host of the crossover podcast make sure you follow him on social media at howard beck super great follow and uh, does some really good things. Uh, so make sure you guys follow him. All right. It's Gabe Ramirez. Uh, about to get up out of here. I love what he said, though. I mean, I mean it's tough because it's so top-heavy in the NBA, guys. And so in order to be there, you got to have a superstar. So if you're going to get rid of Zach Levine, you got to replace Zach Levine. If you want to be one of those teams, you really got to make some moves. You see who's at the top of Boston and the Milwaukee. So it's going to be interesting. Next, next Bulls game tomorrow right here on 670 to score. Make sure you guys are here for that. And speaking of live coverage of the round ball, Deep Hall basketball kicking off after this. Going up against St. John, Zach Zayman, Dave Corzine got the call. Want to thank my guests today, Mark Grody and Howard Beck. Also, my producer, Leo Stoddaher, for holding me down. Appreciate you, young man. All right. Mi gente, my people. Hasta la próxima. Until next time, I am Gabe Ramirez, and this is Chicago Sports Radio 670 The Score. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours 
and great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.